If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Fools of Earth, do not be fooled into thinking you stumbled upon a major scientific discovery. The following podcast is not real, but it is really part of the Earwolf Podcast Network. Isn't that fun? It certainly makes it easier for me to hide the dangerous fact that there are worlds beyond our own. I mean, not that, the opposite. Enjoy the show. from the Magic Tavern, a weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. I'm your host, Arnie Niekamp. If you've never listened to the podcast before, this is what's going on. Uh, a year and a week ago, I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the fantastical land of Foon. I'm still getting a slight Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King through that dimensional rift, and I use it to upload a podcast I record every week here in the tavern, the Vermilion Minotaur, in the town of Hogsface. In the land of Foon, I interview monsters, adventurers, royalty. At this table. At, the, at this very table. That's right. I'm joined by my weekly co-hosts, Chunt the Talking Badger. Yeah, I actually, um, due to the fact that I, I may not have long to live, I've actually, I wanted to add in sort of a, a direction in my intro. Okay. Um, in my catchphrase, I want to add in. So you guys will know the direction I'm giving you. I'm going to ask you to do something cool. And when you hear me ask you to do something, I just ask that you do it. I just, I just want to, you know, I just want to feel good about myself. Cool. Uh, so, could you ask me to inter- introduce myself? Oh, sure. Uh, can you introduce yourself? Mm, chunt, please clap. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> so that you're just gonna demand applause? Yeah, chunt, please clap. Chunt, please clap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. <laughs> and I am Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius, master of light and shadow, manipulator of magical delights, devourer of chaos, champion of the great halls of Tarakas. The elves know me as Fiang Yalak, the dwarves know me as Zodan and Hukstangis, and I am known in the northeast as Gasmanius Maestar. And, friends... Do you ever concern yourself that perhaps there are names that I have that you have not yet heard? Hmm. 
good friend, listen to me now, for there are these names, and should you hear one of these names, please do not panic. Please do not fear, for I will do everything in my power to protect you. But know that these names are dangerous, for words contain great power. And even hearing a single syllable of one of these names may destroy you from the inside out. Biscuit meniscus. Biscuit meniscus, as I am known to the bakers of Foon as well. Clap. I do not need your applause, for I am already the most accomplished wizard in all of Foon. Uh, after Spintax. Nah, I suppose. Well, Spintax is on Earth now. That is true. So. Yes, very good point. Uh, John, can I ask you? I just mm-hmm. want to check in with you. Sure. Uh, we had some real heavy news last week. Yep, trying to remain uh, optimistic. That's great. I love that you've got like such a cheery... Uh, yep. My goblet is half full oh, of that's raspberry good. mead. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who didn't listen last week, you found out... Are there people who didn't listen last week, but they're listening this week? Maybe. Who are these psychopaths? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. How are you doing with this curse? Uh, I'm, again, I'm trying to remain positive. I did uh, use doors on the lookout to see if there's anything to alleviate the curse or, yeah. or cancel that out. I am searching um, high and low, for I shall find some cure, some magical potion or hex or incantation that shall set my good friend Chunt free from this curse. Well, on my world, we have curses, and you usually reverse those curses by doing, like, the opposite of the thing that got you the curse. Oh, then I won't touch coins, <laughs> idiot. Yeah, I can did you talk untouch to, a coin? Uh, no. I did talk to, um, I have a friend, Allison, who's, um, she's a boo hag. A, a boo hag. A boo hag. Um, it's just sort of like a magical, like a lesser witch or something. Uh, she's a boo hag, which means you know she um, she doesn't have skin and she sits oh. on your chest when you sleep and kind of sucks out your breath. Um, but she was telling me that there's a there's a. What way- was her name again? Her name is Allison. Allison. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was telling me that there is a, a way for me to perhaps prolong uh, my life. So what I have to do is I have to drink the tea of a rusted root. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have to say one phrase over and over and over. And that phrase... I couldn't begin to guess what that phrase is going to uh, be. It's send me on my way. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Are there... Would there... Are there send other rusted... <laughs> send me on my way. On my way? Try saying it. Send me on my way? Send me on my way. On my way? Send me on my way. Say it like on I do. Way? Like I do. Send me on my way. Send me on my way. Send me on my way. What are we talking about? I don't know. There are many uh, iron trees that grow in the far north reaches of Foon. And these iron trees, their roots rust, and the magical properties of a rusted root are not to be ill-considered. Arnie, do not mock the rusted root. Okay. Right. Can we get to our guest? It's one of my favorite. People. Oh, yes, of course. Do you know how you can tell if a tree has iron deposits in it? How is that? Oh. No monkey will swing on it. <laughs> because right. those rusted roots have a way of saying, Simeon away. Oh, Simeon away. Simeon away. Simeon away? Simeon away. All the way? Simeon away. Oh. Oh. Hey, I'm so excited to have uh, Tom the Traveler back. Yes, well, I think we all know what my real identity is. Tom Lane Belroth, Prince of the Belroth Empire. And, and possible winner of a Tosser Award. <sighs> no, oh. I am what? not. Oh. You're still Tosser nominated. 
I am I am like you, chunt, and that I am cursed. Well, should for new listeners, what is the talk? Like you left, you left uh, the Northeast where you're the prince. Yes, and you wanted to. You became an actor. I hid away to to drop the role of prince and become something else. And I joined a group called the Cock Ticklers. <laughs> and uh, I, wonderful acting troupe. Yes, the best. and then I played Danlet, which mm-hmm. is a famous role. And I was lucky to be nominated for a Tosser, which is the highest acting award in Foon. The Tossers were just recently. Mm-hmm. Isn't I, I thought there was some controversy that no yes. other species was nominated except well, for it, humans. Do you have whites <laughs> in <laughs> your world? Do we have what I... Whites, they're undead, but they're mysterious. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. W-I-G-H-T-S? Yeah, how, how else? You do you... have whites in your world? Uh, I don't know. The tossers are dominated by whites. Sure. Because tosser, it's called that because it's the person who can best toss off who they are and sure. become something else. And that, yeah. people seem to think whites can do that very well because... They're dead, so they're blank slates. Sure, but, but you like yourself are very good at tossing yourself off. Yes, I, I, I yes, I'm. I frequently toss myself off. Does it take a lot of practice? Um, it can, yeah. But I'm. Uh, I've been trained by cock ticklers. <laughs> but I went to the tossers, and it was as usual, dominated by whites. And can you do you mind walking us through like what is the morning of the tossers? Well, um. Like how do you, you're getting ready for this award show? The the hardest part is the red carpet, mm-hmm. which is a carpet that by the end of the night is soaked in blood. Oh yeah, because um, a lot of people are jealous of yeah. other nominees. Yeah, and um, all weapons are allowed. On oh the, on really? The, on the red. That's why it's called the red carpet. But the problem is, that's why it's hard for someone like me. It's mostly whites. You can't kill them. That's true. You can't kill a white because they are yeah. dead. And we don't... It's sort of mysterious as to what they even are. Mm-hmm. And they look like people that you used to know. But yeah. they're not those people. They're whites. Yeah. I do have to say, though, in defense of whites, they can just walk through walls. First of all... very I, impressive on stage. I don't think that this is a proper time, culturally, to be speaking in defense of whites. Yeah, I've yeah, never heard I think it's time sense. for whites yeah. to just listen. Well, just because, <laughs> just because they're dead, it's not their fault. Yeah, but that's the thing about whites. They're so, they're so, like, they're martyring themselves about, like, oh, I'm dead. It's like, you know what? You've got a lot of advantages as yes. a white. Yes, yes. Anyway, so those of us who are living have a very difficult time on the red carpet because we're the ones whose blood gets spilled. Uh, were, there many, were there many suicides after the, the awards this year? There always are, yeah, yes. but because people very take sad. this very seriously. And I'm not, I was just thrilled to be nominated, mm. and my mother is the presenter of the awards, and so I was going to reveal myself and stand up and tell them that I've joined Usador's quest, and that I'm not, I'm rejecting being the king, because well, I don't want to be. Not to put you on the spot, Tom, but um, I know everybody probably, you know, writes out a speech, even though they may not win. They have a speech tucked in their in their in their trousers or something. Do you would you possibly mind reading the speech you had prepared if you would have won? Okay, yeah. Is it still in your trousers? Um, yeah, I think. It and is. the winner is Tom Bellaroth. Clap. Well, you would say Tom the Traveler because oh, Tom. Oh, that's right. The winner is that's part of the speech for the role of Danlet from the Cocktickers. 
Tom the Traveler. You, usually they just say the name first because if you, it, it really takes away a lot of the tension if it says from the Cocksicklers mm-hmm. for the role of Dan mm-hmm. that, that stuff comes after. Oh, and the tosser oh. goes to Tom the Traveler. Oh. And then over the clap yeah. from you the say, yeah, the, But no one is that part. Oh my God, he won. So, um, so then I would I come down and I would um, I would see my mum and I would get the award and then I would stand and I would say to her, "Do you recognise me? Do you? Do you?" And then I would pull off my fake moustache and I would say, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, Tom. Do you have that fake moustache in your trousers? Could oh you, yeah, you could you put okay. it on and yeah, yeah, yeah. it off? Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we, there go. we go. All right." Uh, and the winner is Tom the Traveler. Clap. From the cocktailers for the role. From the cocktailers <laughs> yeah. for the oh, role. Right. Yes. Hello. Uh, I am not Tom the Traveler. Hey, do I look familiar to you? Do I? Do I? I take off my mustache. You, pull it right. and you can yep. see I'm doing it. Right really take it. Yep. Yep. Looks painful. It's me, Mum. It's Tom Blaine. And I'm back to tell you that I reject this throne. I reject this crown. I am an actor now. And who do I have to thank? I have to thank one girl, Rhiannon. She moves like a bell in the night. Who will be her lover? I'd like to be your lover, Rhiannon. And I thought of you every night during the kissing scenes of Danlet. Wait, is he talking to Rhiannon or his mother now? <laughs> no, I'm talking to Rhiannon. Oh, that's oh, the milkmaid. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. The milkmaid you confused. The milkmaid. I'm in love with the milkmaid. My father told me I cannot marry her. And that... I mean, I would understand what, him saying that. That's my mum. Can we... I'm so sorry. I got distracted. So Rhiannon is, will be, would be there as well. Yes, I mean, everyone in the kingdom of the Northeast would be at the Tossers. I mean, everyone in the court. So, Arnie, Okay, now I get it. Can we, do, can we start over? Yeah, Arnie, could you stand up and play Rhiannon? Um, yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, so the winner for the tosser for best uh, tosser uh, goes to Tom the Traveler and then the troop of the Cocktailers in the role of Dammit. Clap. This uh. is Tom's third time nominated for a tosser and his first win. Do you recognize me? Do you? Do you? How about now? <gasps> There's probably a big cast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yes, mum. <gasps> it's me, Tom Blaine. That's still to do. But I've cast off the role of king or prince I've put aside my crown and my throne and I'm an actor now and I owe it to one woman it's you Rhiannon me? you move like a bell in the night but who will be your lover? but do you really love me? yes and I, I, I wish to give this tosser to you I'm so proud of you you won in a landslide I want you to put aside all the rumours that you've heard <laughs> and let's kiss each other now oh a tusk what? I don't... <laughs> tusk. Tusk? Is there an elephant here? No, I uh, I mean tisk tisk. Ah, tisk classic. And that's what probably would have happened. But now I'm back, and I've been depressed, and yeah. I've been seeking out Morglob. No, no, Tom, you must not partake of the Morglob. It is a dangerous substance, and though I do create it and sell it to people, I do not recommend using it. Sometimes it's the only thing that will fill my hole of sadness. 
Why don't you try filling your hole with something else? Like soup. Yes, put some soup in your butt. So now Rhiannon is in the northeast, mm. and I'm trying to send her letters, but it's not easy to be in love at a long distance. Yeah. Oh, I understand your pain all too well. You do? Yes, my sweet wizard lover, that beautiful sorceress, Genlevia, and I have been dating through astral projection! You're dating through astral projection. Yes, we're, I don't, I'm not sure where she is right now, but we're sort of like meeting on the astral plane and just, you know, hanging out and being cool. From I my experience, not We are many... putting a lot of labels on it. Is it. Was it awkward to kind of, was it awkward the first time doing it in the astral plane? A lot of people are reticent about astral play. I think, I find... <laughs> if you warm if you someone are, up to it. If you are yeah. tender sure. and there, there's a lot of fun to be had in the astral play. The yeah. first thing you've got to do is bring it up as a joke. Right, exactly. You just, like, why you, don't as just if it's a joke. The and, then, and then you say, oh, wouldn't that be gross? You know, and then you see how they react. Yes, yes. You just have to check out their reaction and see if they're interested in meeting on the astral plane. And then once you're there, you just, you know, you... There's a lot of nerve endings there. Exactly. And by that, I mean you don't feel anything because the, because when you're on an astral plane, you're, all your nerves end. Yes, yes, you have no endings. Uh, and you're not nervous. Ends. Exactly. And you can't get pregnant. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> let's refresh our drinks. And we'll be back. with. Uh, we'll learn more about what's going on with Tom the Traveler. Clap. This is Blemish, the new owner and operator of the Vermilion Minotaur. The fires are burning more brightly than ever before, and those who wish to dance around the flame, uulating with the very essence of the Dark Lord's name, and ascend higher into the very branches of McShingleshane's forest, where we all, under the robes of the Dark Lord, may rise to great power and wash it down. With half-priced barley wine on Fridays. Come to the Vermilion Minotaur. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tom, I'm just so happy to have, have you here. You were one of our first guests we've ever had on the show. Um, I think he was the first guest. I think, well, I mean, technically, Chunt, you and Usador were my first guests. I am not a guest. 
I am the very anchor that creates the that holds the, this show back. That that keeps this show you're from crashing firmly, into shore. You're firmly rooted in one place, and we're At struggling to move forward. Oh, this root shall never rust, my friend. So, Tom, you, I'm, I'm curious about who did win. It was white. It, was it, a white. it, almost, it almost always is. Sure, um, but yeah, I mean, frankly, it was a white. Stood uh-huh. up there and just talked about things only whites would understand. White powers. Gross. <laughs> you know? So What I, role I what role did he win for? He or she or it win for? Um Romeon. Romeon? Yeah. I I don't know that one. Romeon and Julioff? Yeah. Um it's about a love affair that keeps getting hot and cold again. Mm. I agree that there is no real defense of how many whites are nominated, but it should be noted that there have been some exceptional performances by non-whites such as Cyclops Poitier. Oh, yes, he's terrific. And he's really a trailblazer. A true trailblazer. But, you know, let's say it. But isn't it... People say they have no depth. Because yeah. they can't see they depth. No depth perception. But that doesn't yeah. mean that they can't play depth. But they often get typecast as, you know, brutes and whatnot. So, Tom, you were there. You were in the room. Yes. You didn't win. But yes. your, your, your queen mother is there. Yes. Uh, yum, yum, yum. Rhiannon was there as yum, well. Yum, 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 yum. Why didn't you yes. just go and, why didn't you go and talk to Rhiannon? Because. Have a romantic reconnection. Because I was afraid to reveal myself if I was not a winner of a tosser. Uh. And. Now I think I should dedicate my life to defeating the Dark Lord. We also could use a new host for this podcast. <laughs> what? The, the last time I was here, you weren't here. You f- found your wife. How did that go? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a long story. A memory gremlin showed up. I can tell it very quickly. Arnold slept with the memory gremlin. I thought it was my, <laughs> I thought it was my wife, uh, but it was just a memory gremlin Stealing the memories of my wife. But that's of, what they do. That's what they do. I guess I don't need to explain what a memory gremlin does. Yeah, Everybody yeah, knows what a memory gremlin does. Most people know that when someone comes and looks like your wife and acts like her, that you have to ask more questions. Yeah. <laughs> before. See if they're up for astral for just. <laughs> so you cheated on your wife with no. a memory gremlin. Well, it's complicated. It's complicated, but I, and I feel very don't, guilty. Don't about. ever play mittens. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, yes. you could be killed. It's true. It's true. One of the one of. But you know what? I, I feel like if I played mittens, I'd be killed anyway. Yeah, probably. There's no. so many yep. different ways to get killed in that sport. Yeah. So Tom. Yes. Now you're back. How are you going to help Usador on his and quest to defeat the? <laughs> I don't know, Usador. I can be useful in many ways. I am an actor, and I have seen the way that my father governs a kingdom. I have seen the way my mother ravenously devours men. Mm-hmm. I believe. How you could aid me the most would be by infiltrating the kingdom of Shrike. Shrike? With you, with your great acting prowess, you could put on a fake mustache, pass yourself off as some courtier, work your way up in the ranks, and uncover all sorts of useful information for our quest. In fact, yeah, take that mustache out of your trousers again. Uh, Okay, right. Yep. You, you could put it upside down and put it on your chin. Oh, very you nice. Could, you could put oh. it here and have like a unibrow. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, it can, you, there are all sorts of ways. You could, in fact, even better, you'll play three different people with hair in <laughs> yes. three different places. Shall I change my voice? Yes, change. Yes. What voices are you okay. going to do? Give me the name of the first person and I will change my voice to see how they talk. Uh, Grumblewald Schimberschwitz. 
Hello, I'm Grumblewald Schimberschwitz. Wow, that's amazing. Mm. Oh, amazing. Here, let me, let me do one. the do acting one. process yeah. at work. Uh, how about a character named uh, D'Angelo Capricious? D'Angelo Capricious, okay. Sounds like it's... Or DiCaprio for short. DiCaprio. Hello, I am D'Angelo Capricious. Mm. Oh, wow, yeah. wonderful. And it's, I ho- you can see I hold my body different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Arnold, what name do you want to give him? Hank. What was a good first guess? All right. This is very hard in acting when you take on a character. My name is Tom. Yeah. But this is Hank's voice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so why don't you take the mustache and Tom put Hanks, it as like Tom a... Hanks, Tom Hanks. Okay. Tom Hanks voice. <laughs> oh, I love Tom Hanks. Hello, I'm Hank. Wow. Wow. Yes. That big, big yeah. voice. And then you get, yes. you get in touch with what your motivation wow. is and sort of what... You're going to make such a big splash. Yeah. Well... This is a very dangerous mission. You're sending me down the road to perdition. It, and it's I almost do, impossible. <laughs> it is. But yeah, it's an impossible mission, but I don't see what that has to do with it. That's another Tom. I Look, I don't know what you're talking about, but you seem to be dragnetting it on. Oh, oh come on. Look, I, I will do this, but there is a chance that I might not come back from Shrike. You're not going to be cast away. Listen... You can Look, come back. We've got to get over our irreconcilable differences. Oh, wait, no. No, we don't. <laughs> nope. I don't know what you're talking about, but I do know this. Okay? You bosom buddies are sending me away on something that is very dangerous, and I may not return from Shrike, but I will do this for you. I appreciate it so much, Tom. But for- if I die, yes. will you give this note to Rhiannon? Of course I will. This is a secret love letter that I've written. All right. Do not, do not read this after I am gone. Okay. Do you, you promise? I swear by all the realms of Ephesius that I shall ne'er open this letter. All right. Here you go. When you give it to her, will you say, Rhiannon, you've got mail? When I give it to her, I'm going to say things like... Do you, do you like that? Well, listen, if you're, if you're <laughs> going to give it to her and you give her, you know, if you're going to have some fun with astral projection, make sure you use astral protection. Yes. And, you know, make sure that not, make sure that you can get an erection quickly. Make sure you get Fleetwood, Mac. What? Oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, that is sort of the most convenient way to say get a fast erection. Yeah, Fleetwood, and then call me Mac. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> well, not getting an erection is a real lady killer, so it's good advice. What? What if? Uh, what if I don't know what happens to you for a long time? I like there isn't an uh, like. How long do I just not hear from you before I give it to her? Well, you once told me that if I ever wanted to speak to you, I should pop out one of my eyes, right? Crush it, right? In my hand, right? Then blow into my hand, so make like a bubble. Mm-hmm. Put a wish in that bubble. And then wait by a stream. Is that still true? Of course. Yeah. All right. Was it, if, it seems if like it, it's asking a lot. Well, I'm saying that's an emergency. If I, if after two years you haven't heard from me in that manner of communication, then you deliver this letter. Just out of curiosity, though, would, would you give us a summation of what might be in the note? Well, well, um, you know how you, there's just regular letters. Yes, yes. And then what a lot of people are doing right now is sending sletters. <laughs> is that like oh. sexy letters? Yeah, it's, it's sexy. Oh. It's a combination of... Because oh. you see how conveniently those words go together. Yes, slutter. It's se- sletter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's a sletter that has I some pics 
in I, it. Ooh. Um, some just picks that I've drawn. Yeah, solutions. Um, and uh, I've got a pretty good view of what I'm drawing. Oh. And oh. Uh, I'm able to draw it. And then some sort of things, some sort of sexy things. So that it's just it's not, it's private. So I would be I would be very embarrassed if anyone read the sexy things that are in this letter. All right. Well, I I won't. I I promise. I, I mean, I you, made a you are, you're royalty. You're a famous person in Foon. Well, so I if, was taught- if your letters got out, it would be scandalous. Yes. Who oh, you'd hate to see that fall in the hands of uh, other other yeah. tossers or anyone. monsters or zombies uh, or the TMs or Zs. Whites. Why don't you do another monologue from Danlet? To get our minds off of this letter. I would actually love to hear a monologue from, uh, what was the other one? Romeon. Romeon and Julioff. Yeah. Oh, do you, oh, you know those roles as well? Well, when you're a cock tickler, you sort of learn lots of things. Oh, sure. well, well, yes. Isn't, isn't like a young man who's in a, a rowboat and the guy who's rowing it stops? Yeah, yeah, that, that's Romeo. And they have a long com- conversation and he's eventually like, Romeo? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And then, that's, and then he takes that as his name. <laughs> Yes, that's how it works. Okay, so we, we'll do um, in the, the scene in the boat when you're just standing still in the ocean. Okay. So now from the play, Romeon and Julioff. Julioff, this is Tom the Traveler. Clap. But soft. <laughs> it hurts so much sitting on this rowboat seat, for my butt is soft. What light across the ocean breaks... It is the sun, but Julie is off the boat. She's died. (laughs) Such loneliness have I here on this rowboat by myself. And yet, alack, 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 what is this roaring? Oh, shit. Yes. I am with a tiger on this boat. Yes, with a tiger. I am alone on this boat with a tiger. Oh no, oh no, oh no. This must be what it feels like to be baked and served as dessert. Like a pie. Like a, oh, Genlevy, I miss you so much. What a life. What a life of pie. Thank you. Wow. Chunt, please clap. Wonderful. That was amazing. Thank you, Romeo. Maybe I'll try to do that role, but I'm going to strike undercover as three different people. Hello, I'm Hank. So, Tom, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you for having me, and now I take on a dangerous mission. Yeah, good luck in Shrike infiltrating the the army of uh, Baron Ragoon. Yeah, well... He's an evil guy, but he's very polite, so... I can't wait to meet him as someone other than myself. Great. Uh, Chunt, did you get any emails this week? I did hear. This is uh, to the email chunt at gmail.com. That's chunt with six T's, please. Uh, this is from Ari Anderson... Uh, says, is Arnie lying? Dear Chunt, don't you find it a yes. bit suspicious? Great, that's it. That's the email. <laughs> uh, dear Chunt, don't you find it a bit suspicious that Arnold Ernie just happened to have all his podcasting equipment with him when he accidentally fell through a dimensional portal? FYI, why we don't normally carry podcasting gear with us everywhere we go on Earth. Best regards from Ari in Norway, Earth. Uh, I guess that is a little weird. I, you know, as I've said before, I was in my car, my Toyota Camry behind the Burger King. My, my car, my entire car came through the dimensional portal and it's still hidden in McShingleshane forest. And I had some podcasting equipment with me because I had uh, a number of failed podcasts on earth. 
Stupid Nerd, We Wrongly Assume, uh, Mystery Cove, and... Uh, that one sounds good. <laughs> yeah, the Mystery Cove Mystery one. Mystery Cove sounds good. It does sound good. I, I, I think it sounds a, a little uh, dense. <laughs> Failed seems like a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I would just... I hadn't actually used the equipment in years, and, uh, you know, when I got here, I was like, finally, something to podcast about. Uh, did you get any emails, Ernie? Yeah, I did, actually. As always, you can email me at magictavern at puppies.supplies. I know it doesn't sound like a real email address. For whatever reason, it's the only email I can get through the firewall from the Burger King. It's very strange. Uh, here's an email I got. Uh, hey, Arnie. So, quick background. Me and my girlfriend are sort of like swingers, but we only have a single friend we do the sex with. Hmm. Anyway, after Coitus was finished, the three of us were laying in bed and my girlfriend starts whispering something in my ear. At first I thought it was the sweet nothings of young love, but then I felt the power of Usador's name. We began to chant his name together quickly, rising in volume. Needless to say, our bed guest was surprised and startled. She thought we might have had a bout of temporary sexual insanity, but we simply explained that it was something we heard you ask us to do on your podcast. Now she is an avid listener as well. <laughs> I, I also want to thank Usador for the best after-sex moment I've ever had. Diamond Dan and Mouse. Seriously, though, TSI is not something to joke about. <laughs> TSI? Temporary sexual insanity. Oh, sure. Insanity. It's a, there's, a, there's a plague yeah. of TSI oh, throughout. There's a plague oh. of TSI. It's yes. not good. It's yeah, not there, good. It starts in one area and then it... Uh, expanded to TSI Miami. Yeah. What? Where is Miami? <laughs> it's south. When the TSI goes south, oh, that's the worst. I don't know what you're talking about, but making fun of someone's health, I think, is rather rude. Uh, it is sad. It is luckily only temporary, uh, but there are some cases where the temporariness lasts for years. Yes. They are temporarily insane for year after year. Yes. Uh, here's another real quick email I got. I have a bet with a few friends that Foon is most likely a sphere, just like Earth. However, two of my other friends disagree. One thinks it's a flat disc-like world balanced on a few pachyderms who are balanced on a giant turtle flying through space. Uh, some kind of disc world. Another friend thinks it's an ever-changing shape due to, the mad due to the magic of Foon. If you could please settle this bet, it would be greatly appreciated. From Taylor K. I guess I can't believe I've been here a year and one week, and I've, I, I don't know the answer to this. What shape is Foon? Well, Foon itself is a, is a land, a giant land mass upon... It's a giant land. Mm-hmm. Yes. So picture that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's land-shaped? Uh, and, and we colloquially refer to the planet that we live upon as Foon, of course, but there are many other nations outside of Foon. Oh, really? What are some of the other nations? Well, there's Hawaii... Oh, Hawaii, yep. Uh, there's Grindelflin. Grindelflin? Grindelflin. And uh, Sorfane. Mm-hmm. Sorfane? There's uh, Seordal. Doof. Seordal, where nobody can, really, no, nobody can really get any um, rest. Did you say Hawaii? I did say Hawaii. Hawaii. You, okay. might, you, might, say they're sleepless. you might say they're sleepless in Seordal. Well, that answers that. Yes, it's a round planet, like most planets. Great. Sorry. So, Tom, good luck in Skur. Thank you. Or good luck we, in Shrek. Two, two o'clock clearly, you say break a leg. Oh, I'm sorry. Break a leg. Why do you say yeah. break a leg? Because, if you, especially if you're on a dangerous mission, you want to really mess up your enemy. Sure. Break their leg. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Then the next time we see you, we may not recognize you. Oh, probably not. You might have already seen me at times and not known it was me. <gasps> really? Yeah, Amazing. because I'm an actor, yeah. That's right. 
Well, you as long as I can stay sober, mm-hmm. I think I can complete this mission. It's very important, Tom Lane, as you go forth on your mission, as you find out critical information that will help us defeat the Dark Lord, that you stay true, that you stay strong, and you resist the temptation to partake of the Morglop. Right. I got his note! Yeah. Oh. Hey, hey, hey! Woo. Oh my gosh. No, come on, that's oh my pictures. Gosh, oh my no, gosh, oh my gosh. come on. Wow. You're huge! And so ends the sophomore slump edition of our little audio hootenanny. What a shame none of those characters are real and we just spent half an hour of our lives listening to Chicago improvisers pleasure themselves on their own fancyings. Because if it were real and I were some sort of authority figure monitoring the barrier between dimensions, Arnie's presence in Foon could be the first fall in Domino in a giant cataclysmic game of cosmic Jenga, if you'll forgive the mixed metaphor. But it's not so nothing to worry about. Usador the Wizard was played by human actor Matt Young. Chunt the Shapeshifter was played by Adol Rafai. This week he shifted into the shape of someone who forces people to make up acceptance speeches. That was cool. Tom the Traveler was played by special guest Steve Waltine. Steve performs regularly with the Improvised Shakespeare Company. Blemish, the creepy dwarf who currently runs the Vermilion Minotaur, was played by Martin Wilson. How much voice training do you think Martin's had? None is an acceptable answer. Hello from the Magic Tavern is produced by Evan Jakover, Ryan DeGiorgi, and Arnie Niekamp. Edited by Evan Jakover. Logo by Allard LeBan, music by Andy Polin. Follow us on Twitter at Magic Tavern. Thanks as always to the Chicago Podcast Co-op. And a big old thanks to Throat Vulture, uh, Earwolf. My assistant Craig usually does this part, but he's currently being repaired. Anyway, subscribe on iTunes or whatever pod thing you use. Write a review, tell your friends, because people who love podcasts are usually super social. Farewell tonight, slumber in blissful ignorance, while I watch over you from the vast abyss of space. Whether your planet is round or shaped like Ryan O'Neill, the male lead in irreconcilable differences. I shall have an order of rooster's feet and a strong ale. Uh, um, uh, Usador, um, I was wondering if I could maybe get some of that more globe. Oh, yeah, sure. That's just four gold pieces. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand, Drunk Elephant, was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show, How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.